Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Stevenson. Each year, the Magna Award, sponsored by the National School Boards Association's flagship magazine, American School Board Journal, recognizes innovation and creativity in school districts, specifically programs that remove barriers to help increase student achievement. This year, Upper St. Clair High School was named a first place award winner in the under 5,000 enrollment category for their therapeutic support program, the 409 program. To hear more about the district's program, we are joined today by Barbara Bolas, Upper St. Clair School District Board President, and Amy Fender, Assistant to the Superintendent. Welcome, Barbara. Welcome, Amy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So to start with, let's just get an an overview of the program. And and we are going to be featuring more about the program in our magazine and bulletin magazine, which I'm excited about. But give us kind of an overview of the program. So our 409 program at the high school is a program that was designed um, 15 years ago for students who um, have significant emotional support needs. And that can come out of having a diagnosis of autism, anxiety, depression, um, post-traumatic stress. But we were recognizing a need to develop a program that supported our more unique learners. Um, So in one sense, this program has allowed us to really keep our students in district. Um, Many students who suffer from significant um, therapeutic emotional needs need to go to a more intensive school placement. And so under special education law, we um, are able to provide programming that meets students' needs um, through having a special education teacher, a classroom aide. Um, that special education teacher has a strong background in emotional support um, programming and services. And we also have a contracted social worker that works within the classroom to work through um, and build strategies for students. But years ago, many of the students would have gone to more specialized out of district programs. So this um, 409 program really allows us to keep our students in-house, grow their needs, and allows the district to just love them and um, create great success for them moving forward. That's so cool. And is this different than a traditional emotional support classroom scenario? So in many cases, a emotional support classroom is not as inclusive as our high school model is. Um, Many programs may look more self-contained, so that means that the students go to the emotional support classroom and spend a large portion of their day there getting their academic instruction. Whereas our students are going out into um, the class general classroom setting and getting their special education services from the emotional support lens as they need it, and they may have a scheduled time in their schedule to come and um, receive support. Now, there are times, and this is what's very special about our 409 program, is that it is fluid. So if a student is having a really rough day and they just feel like they can't go to math and go to English, um, they stay in 409, they get their classroom work, and that teacher helps them do the work. But the goal is for them to be out in the classroom with their peers and interacting. Um, but it's also a safe haven on many days as well. So it allows that fluid and supportive and responsive atmosphere for our students. 
So it sounds like there's a lot of flexibility to it, a lot of inclusivity. They are included in all the other types of programs and classroom scenarios, but if they have a need to have some uh, downtime or they, they have that ability as well. That's correct. So um, the other thing that's very nice about the um, fluidity and flexibility is there are times that students may hit kind of a rough patch throughout their actual school schedule and mm -hmm. they'll communicate. I just need more 409 time on a daily basis. Um, so we meet as a team and we look at their schedule and customize the schedule that's meant to um, really support them and get them through that rough patch while they're also still being successful in their um, core area classes. So lots of times the decisions are also made based off of student input. And if we don't um, agree with that student, we meet, we talk and we build those skills as well too. So it's just not about the academic side. It's about this holistic approach to supporting a student um, for them self-advocating, becoming self-aware, and building trust. Um, there's a lot of trust that happens in this 409 program. Mm -hmm. um, I like to refer to it as a family. And I think that that's another thing that makes it very different. The kids lots of times will refer to their teacher as mom and be like, wait, wait, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean mm -hmm. that. Um, so it really, it just has, it, it has a feel to it that I really can't put into words to be honest for you. Yeah. And tell me a bit about the origin of the name 409. Where does that come from? <laughs> it's actually the classroom number at the end of the hall. And it is a classroom that's a little bit, um, it's still in, you know, the ebb and flow of the building because it's down by the gym, but it's also not in the heavy ebb and flow. So it feels very safe for the students as they're walking down the hall. Um, it doesn't have as much hustle and bustle because a lot of our students also just need downtime in their day. It wouldn't be uncommon if you walked into 409 and saw kids just kind of leaning up against pillows with mm -hmm earbuds in to just kind of decompress um, or they're listening to music and also working on an assignment. Um, but yes, 409 is just the number of the classroom. Great. And so 409 time is quite literal. <laughs> Very cool. So Barb, from the perspective of a school board director and from the school board perspective, um, it's important, of course, that all students are receiving access to high quality education. How does this program provide a more equitable scenario for Upper St. Clair students? Well, it's interesting. We actually have a 50-plus a, a year history of um, working to develop each child's own special skills and abilities to their fullest. I mean, that's going back 50 years when the school board had that as a mission. And actually, our mission today talks about that we will provide learning experiences that nurture the uniqueness of each child and promotes happiness and learning. Mm -hmm. And from our perspective, if a child isn't happy, they're not going to learn. They're not going to be able to perform very well. And we actually, um, you know, five years ago, we did another strategic plan. And some districts do what's called a comprehensive plan, and it's kind of put on a shelf. But ours is a living, breathing document. We're going to be working on another one. But during that, uh, with our last strategic plan, even part of the customizing learning and nurturing potential of our students, um, one of our key tenets was to um, work with a collaborative process to enhance our responsiveness to social and slash emotional learning needs of students and structure 
the time of the day and the growth and the mindset for all teaching and learning. So all, all of our students can have that social and emotional group growth, which in turn helps them achieve academically. And we are a high, everyone knows we are a high achieving school district, but we believe so strongly in the whole child. And we actually um, recite our mission statement at every single board meeting so that we are focusing in on this, the whole child, that we are a student-focused district. And you know, we go through a curriculum development process, we look at our curriculum twice a year, and everything that we do is student-focused. And by doing that, we do focus on these social and emotional growth, which in turn leads to much better achievement for our students. Yeah, looking at the whole student, as you said. Now, the program is at the high school level. Could it possibly be used at a younger, at any of the younger ages as well? It, it could be, but we, you know, we do have a very strong um, emotional support program, K through 12, and I, one would have to look at it and see how adaptable it is and what they're currently doing in their schools and then look at the pieces that would look like being successful for the elementary child. And even elementary children need time out every now and then back to the whole child and giving them the opportunity sometimes to just take a quick breath mm -hmm. and sort of say, hey, stop, hesitate, give me a break, and then I can go back into the learning classroom. Yeah. Any, if you have anything you want to add on to that? Um, so I think that what's unique um, in an early elementary perspective is that we are seeing um, mental health needs increase and I think that that's a common trend across districts and across the country at a younger age and so we do have um, a more structured emotional support program five through eight that was developed several years ago as an offspring of the 409 program um, and then in terms of our early elementary uh, we do have um, kind of checks and balances naturally in place to our systems that work to meet those needs. But those are also, um, in many cases, students who we continue to watch and monitor for individual success in the district um, to determine what additional supports may be needed as they continue to grow in our educational system. Amy, I think it brings up something up that's really critical is that we really do try to work with our, our students early on because the earlier we identify their needs and meet their needs, then their whole academic program and school experience is going to be a much more successful time for them. So there's five key barriers to achievement that the program uh, has identified to overcome in the program's work to help students achieve success. What are these barriers? So we looked at the barriers in really specific ways that students can overcome those barriers. Um, and when you meet each of our students in the Emotional Support Program, you can see how this happens. So we uncover the gifts of each student despite his or her challenges and providing those opportunities to grow. So each of our students, one of their barriers is they have their own personal challenges that they bring to the table every mm -hmm. single day. Um, we help them overcome them by collaborating with parents and outside providers. We are also working to address the therapeutic needs of students. Though many students have outside supports, we also have many students who um, are not accessing supports outside of the school system. So our social worker and our special education teacher 
or their network mm -hmm. um, in helping them grow and access therapy. Um, we provide the necessary academic supports and accommodations. So many of our students don't necessarily have academic barriers. They mm -hmm. are reading on grade level. They are accessing math on grade level. It's their world around them, those um, emotional challenges that impact and become barriers to their academic success. So we work to provide those necessary supports. And then we also work to enhance their social skills development through the community-based learning. And if you wanna see a student who struggles within a school environment thrive, all you have to do is go on one of the community-based um, service trips that are out there for them because they, they just shine. That brings up a point I mean, that we, they actually, the students did a, a presentation at the board meeting, and it was so exciting to see this, this one girl, and it was obvious, you know, she had some issues, but she just blossomed when she talked about the program and how, she, when she needed a timeout, she could go to the 409 classroom, and once she was there and kind of took a deep breath, and she was able to go back into the regular classroom setting. And you know, from a board perspective, to have those types of programs actually presented during the board meeting, it helps the board understand how rewarding and fulfilling these programs can be, and be better better entice them to um, fund them because it, you know, it, it is a different structure of, you know, financially for the school district and sometimes spending money differently gives more rewards than the traditional way of funding programs. That's a great point. And to hear it directly from the students themselves being impacted, what better way to understand how important that it is? Absolutely. So you mentioned the community service projects, Amy. Give me an example, if you can think of one, um, of what that would look like. So um, one that we do annually is um, Toys for Tots, helping to sort toys and get those packaged and delivered for the holiday season. Mm -hmm. um, another really big one is visiting senior citizen homes and being there for activity time. And having our students <laughs> wear like a Velcro like pullover shirt and the senior citizens are throwing like Velcro balls at them and they are moving targets and yeah. just the video footage is amazing. The whole room comes alive and unfortunately um, depending on the need of the senior citizen, some of them may need hand over hand assistance to throw that ball and there's our students standing beside another individual helping them overcome their own barrier at that point in time. So it's really unique to see the transfer of skills. So we're teaching our students how to overcome their own personal barriers and then they're going into another environment and shifting that learning and providing um, some different opportunities to people who are experiencing um, different barriers for themselves, um, mm -hmm. given where they are at their point in life. Yeah, I was just thinking that what a neat connection, you know, that the students that may require some additional support themselves are able to kind of go and observe and be part of the additional support to another, you know, individual or group of individuals. That's that's really cool. Theirs is a really big incentive too because our students love going out on those trips. Yeah. So if a trip is scheduled on a Friday and on Wednesday it's like X, Y, and Z still has not been done, mm -hmm. well, how <laughs> much do you want to go and be a part of this? Because we go as a family, we work as a team, so you have to 
you know, get your, pull your weight here in the classroom. So it really serves as a strong incentive as well, too. Yeah. Well, well-rounded. So the 409 program was established 15 years ago, I understand. Um, how has the program grown since its inception? You know, where did it start and where is it now as far as student participation? So from a student um, participation um, lens, it really um, it is a program that is recommended through the special education process. And from a caseload standpoint, we average right now anywhere between 25 to 28 students a year. Okay. Um, and we really look at the unique needs of the learners and what 409 will provide to them. In terms of the growth of the program, I talked a little bit about how we've looked to develop um, some more emotional support programming at the five through eight level. And so that would not have happened had we not have had a successful 409 program at the high school. Um, but we are constantly evaluating the program and building in um, different layers of support. So we have worked with a local university professor to come in and help be um, a consultant to our teams because she can look at student needs um, very differently. And in many cases, not as personally as we do because we care so much about the kids. Mm -hmm. um, and the parental supports have definitely grown over time um, because we are growing our interagency connections with those outside supports and able to um, support our parents. Because as we all know, home can look very different than the school environment as well too. So though there's challenges and barriers that are happening in the school setting, home can look that much more challenging as well too. So we are also here for our parents as well. Yeah, important. That's an important layer. If our listeners would like to know more about the program, where can they find out more details? So they can certainly go to the Upper St. Clair School District website um, and access any one of our contacts, which could include myself. Um, we have a in-depth special education page that they could access and also contact our director of student support services. Honestly, um, anybody in the district who has worked within the 409 program would be happy to talk about it at any time. So anybody who would like to reach out to um, any of those contacts on our district website, we'd be happy to spend some time with them as well. Great. Well, thank you both, Barbara, Amy. Thanks so much for sharing the information that you have. And hopefully this may help inspire other program starters and other ideas that are being generated in other districts. Thank you so much. No, thank you. You're for welcome. Thank and you. I would like to thank our board as well, too, because really and truly, um, we are able to sustain this program because of the dedication our board provides um, to not just our 409 students, but to our students within special education services. But this is really a unique program in the sense that it keeps students in district. And as a result is, though there's an investment from a district lens, it's mm -hmm. also a cost saving standpoint. And I know Barb hit on that earlier, but we couldn't do this without the support of our board and their knowledge base as well when it comes to providing appropriate supports and education to our students. Congratulations on the award as well. Thank you, Thank so you very much. much. It's exciting. Keystone Education Radio is a production of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. This episode is brought to you in part by CM Region Insurance Company and PA School District Liquid Asset Fund. 
Visit our website at keyedradio.org for more information and a transcription of today's discussion, as well as past episodes. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and if you like what you hear, please rate and review or share with others. Follow Keystone Education Radio and PSBA on social media, and look for new episodes of the podcast every other Tuesday. This is Annette Stevenson saying thanks for listening to Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.